Listening to a podcast that helps artists to engage the church and the church to engage artists. My name is Matt Anderson, and I want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. And then on whatever platform you're listening on, a five-star review, if that's possible, is much appreciated. Well, this week we're continuing a conversation that began last week with Randy Young. Randy has been uh, in the ministry now for decades, and he has a vast array of experience uh, with artistry and with church life, and how the two have been very symbiotic throughout his uh, his career. And last time we, we talked about uh, how his church plant especially became a real haven for artists and a, and a place where creativity could happen and how intentional it was. Uh, so now with that as a backdrop, I continue my conversation with Randy Young. So there's this sense of cultivating the giftings. That's part of shepherding and pastoral ministry as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And um, this carries over into business giftings and missions callings and all that. How do we cultivate these things uh, in our church and and artists, um, you know, let's cultivate them Mm. and give them place. And uh, I do think, um, you know, artistic teams in the church can get kind of quirky. Okay. So you need to keep your finger on the pulse with them. You need to be engaged with them. Yeah. Uh, and um, and like any other ministry in the church, they need to have total buy-in to the vision of the church. Yeah. Um, but that, you need that presence to kind of... You know, you, you do need like a grounding there because often like creative people can really go out there <laughs> and, and sometimes you need to be like, okay, yes, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking about us right now where we're at as a church, you know, and you find kind of a middle ground. Yes. It's good to have yeah. that presence there, I think, with creatives. And discipling them along the way. Yeah. Uh, because how many artists have flamed out in their faith? Because... Mm. Here's the thing, and I've said this to students in our college for a long time too, that God's not in a hurry uh, releasing you in your calling and gifting because he wants to make sure the foundation is deep and strong enough to sustain the weight of the calling, the building that's going to be built on top of it. Because too many people, because of their giftings or abilities, they're brought right into something public before their foundations are ready to sustain the weight of the attention and all Mm. that kind of stuff. So, um, so discipling artists becomes a very, very important thing. You had mentioned that along the way, um, along the way at New Song, there were some missteps as we always have. Um, can you, as, as best as you can, illustrate an example of that? And what was the falling forward, I'll use your term, from that situation? Um, hmm. Early on, um, like I said, we didn't start out to have a church of, that was a safe place for artists and there were a lot of artists that that started coming um and i would have been more intentionally relational with them Mm. instead of just seeing them as somebody else in the congregation and all that kind of stuff 
because God was doing something there. And uh, so we, we ran into a few messy situations along the way, but we, we got through them. And I think the more engaged we got in their lives, uh, the more we shorted that kind of stuff up. I, uh, I, I made a hire of, of someone in, to oversee some of our creative department that was uh, much more black and white than I should have hired, so okay. didn't understand some of the more modern creative expressions and mm. all that kind of stuff, especially in a city like Cleveland. <laughs> you yep. know, and we had, we had, we had, we had professional dancers moving from all over the country to be a part of a ministry that was based out of our church. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, so, um, so I, I, I made a hire that I should have rethought okay and that did impact some things as well mm. uh so um yeah so we we did fall forward pretty well with those things okay uh but um you know like i said church like we're talking about is a divine experiment it's like <laughs> it, yeah there's an easier way to do it and there's a cut and dry way to do it and there's a black and white versus colorful way to do it but uh to push the envelope and say what can god do yeah. If we create a place that's safe for all these people and their giftings, that's a that's a beautiful thing for me. I had a chance to preach a decade ago. I was doing a conference. It's a pretty cool conference in India in Mumbai, and they took um, they brought in leaders from every province in India, mm. in church, government, uh, business, and the arts. Mm. And representatives from every you know. And I I preached that Sunday in a church with about four thousand people. Wow. And it was loaded with actors and actresses from Bollywood. Wow. And it was the most lively, energetic, huh. God-loving place, <laughs> loaded with artists. And uh, this was after I was had moved into a missions organization instead of pastoring. But it was such a joy. And here were these spirit-enlivened men, about a dozen of them, with flags. And they're dancing during worship. And they're just full of the joy of the Lord. Mm. And, you know, I... Flags and worship, you know, have rubbed me the wrong way from time to time in the past. Got me honest with you. All I hear the people you. People in church to say, "This is my ministry." And it's yeah, like, and you like, go uh, to the back of the room, please. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They're always called to the front, Randy. But this They're just, always called uh, to the front. That's right. This just it just it just inspired me. So yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, if if a uh, if a pastor and I and there's only so much you can do from the pulpit, but. What would you tell a pastor in their preaching that will help connect with an artist who's sitting in the congregation? What What are some things to keep in mind or things to avoid? With artists, you're not just connecting with head people, you're connecting with heart people. Yeah. You're connecting with people who value creative expression. I've never been a guy that's ever done an illustrated sermon in my life, hmm. but the way that I illustrate the message uh, and the creativity I find in a passage would, I believe, speak to people who are creatives themselves. Okay. And I think you have to do your homework. You know, when I was in youth ministry, I thought, okay, now I understand the passage. Now I got to take the next step. How do I explain what I know about this passage in a way that a 13-year-old or 15-year-old will really get it? Right. And in the same way, I mean, I used to, 
when I was preparing messages, I would write the names of five or six people across the top of my messages I was preparing. Mm. Here's a 13-year-old. Here's a 45-year-old businessman. Here is a 23-year-old artist. How is this message going to connect with all everybody yeah. that's coming to hear me on Sunday morning? That's good. And to find something in that message that will connect with them mm. was a part of my challenge uh, to communicate clearly and to connect well with, uh, with everybody that showed up on Sunday morning. What do you think pastors do not understand about artists? And then the other way around, what do you... What do you think artists don't understand about pastors? Pastors don't understand that artists by nature are pretty quirky and that's okay. Yeah, okay. And um, we tolerate a lot of other quirkiness from people from all other spheres, but there's something about artists. That's true. You know, that, yeah. that, they, that they get labeled very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so um, um, artists are passionate. Um, artists... Um, can uh, have very down moments because of their temperament. Mm. The artistic temperament is a real thing, okay? Mm. And to not get frustrated by that, but to help them navigate that and understand that and get them through those times mm. is very, very important. You know, you mentioned Vincent Van Gogh uh, earlier. If, if Van Gogh would have had somebody in his life that was yeah. a follower of Jesus to walk him through some of those melancholy mm. seasons in life. Who knows what might have come of his life and story. Right. You know? So, yeah. Um, he might have actually been alive to see him, himself succeed. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. He might have made a lot of money before yeah. he died. <laughs> Not everyone else making money off of that. Uh, yeah. But there's, uh, mm. yeah. What do you, and what do you think artists don't understand about pastors? Is it just the whole, this is, this is two, three hundred people that he or she is having to look after and care for. Most of whom are not going to be artists. Yeah. I think um, I would challenge pastors to walk in their world a little bit more. Okay. But I would challenge artists to not just write their pastors off as somebody that doesn't understand me. Mm. Because they haven't been trained like you've been trained. Mm. Right. And, and, and to... To take them out for coffee and say, let me tell you about my life. Let me tell you about my world. Let me tell you about how I see my gifts and talents um, serving the kingdom of God. You know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And, and to realize that artists are valuable in their work outside the four walls of the church, just being artists. As much as business people are valuable outside, you know, you know yeah. typically, you know, a businessman comes into the church and pastors think, you know, praise God, here's somebody that can be on the board, Yeah. you know, and not see them doing anything else. Right, just automatically. The director of our drama ministry at our church was a cardiologist, mm. a world-renowned cardiologist. Nice. All right? Um, and so um, I think I think pastors, you know, art, art, the arts don't just reflect culture. The arts are prophetic. Mm. Arts... And artists take culture someplace, mm -hmm. and and the church needs to harness that, <laughs> right? And I right. think pastors need to venture in the world of artists, and artists need to venture in the world of pastors, yeah, so that they can better understand each other. Um, I think that's very that's a very salient point because I think artists do long for connection because you know art can be a very lonely life yes and it's absolutely. it's you in a studio it's you in front of your computer it's you with your camera out in the middle of a landscape you know it's a very it's a very lonely kind of a business 
So, it, I mean, where better than in the body of Christ? And maybe they need to get that connection from a pastor or a staff member or a leader mm-hmm. before they can really buy in, you right. know, to, to what they're doing. Right. And to value them just like we value medical people or business people or yes. educators or whatever. In, in this sense, you know, we don't think less of an educator if they're not teaching in a Christian school. Right. They're in the public arena. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and the same the same with artists. You know, they're they're in sitcoms. They're in movies. We we've got kids that came out of our church that wrote musical scores for scores for Hollywood blockbusters. We got yeah. you know, but they are in the industry and they're in that world as a light. And mm. and we need to value that because because the arts are one of the seven molders of a culture and society. Mm. And and if we can get more believers engaged and involved in the arts, then, and they have an impact on their industry, that's going to impact a culture. Yeah. That's going to impact a nation. You know, it's interesting. I saw, and we'll take the politics out of this. Yeah. I saw a little news clip of the mayor of New York, uh, Bill de Blasio, who there, because a lot of people have left the city um, through COVID, and he's trying to get people to come back. And it was interesting because he was saying we have to get arts and culture back in the city. Yeah. And he had like dancers performing behind him, yeah. which, you know, some will easily use that as, as cannon fodder. But it was interesting that whatever you think about his politics, one way or the other, he was almost realizing that we're not going to we're not going to have a city if we don't get this back again. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a part, you know, and I think of here in Cleveland and. Absolutely. Playhouse, clo- uh, Playhouse Square stinks. being closed. We're, and... We are season oh. ticket holders for Playhouse Square. Yeah. Uh, because the arts bring culture and beauty and aesthetics and things that are much more important to city identity and national, the national identity and those kind of things than we realize. And uh, so I, I agree. We, we need to see them functioning in society. And to have believers in the mix, yeah, you know, we have a we have a mutual friend that that coaches artists and lives in that world and lets mm. her light shine mm. in ways that I absolutely love. And she catches ridicule. Why are you working for them? You know, Blue Man Group, David Copperfield. You know, Donnie Marie Osmond. Why? You know, why are you hanging out with them? Well, <laughs> they need Jesus. Yeah. I'm gifted. God has gifted me to serve in this way. Yeah, it's like a I'm Joseph rough. thing. This is where, yeah, look where I landed. This is a God path. Yes, and His gravitational pull has put me here. Yeah, I, and I love Joseph's story, but let me throw Daniel's story out to you. Yeah, um, you know Daniel gets celebrated because in chapter one, you know, in every youth group knows this verse by heart yeah. he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself but right keep yourself pure keep yourself pure and it's a mantra <laughs> right and and, and yeah. i've said to teenagers and their parents and to churches you know we all celebrate what jesus said what what uh what daniel said no to but you ever think about what he said yes to mm-hmm. he said yes to taking on a name that glorified a pagan deity yeah he studied all the literature and language of the Chaldeans. He graduated first in his class from Babylon U. <laughs> you know, he didn't practice all that stuff, but he understood what made that culture tick. Yeah. If he'd have said, no way, I'm studying that stuff, and you're not going to feed me that stuff, you're not going to call me that name, they'd have kicked him out of school so fast, he'd have been 
spent the rest of his life in obscurity along the River Chibar mm-hmm. in Babylon with all the other, uh, with all the other um, Israelites down there. Yeah, and he probably would have, as he walked down through the squatter villages, he probably would have got all kinds of high fives. You did it. You told mm-hmm. him. You showed him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, with all the happy charismatics along the river. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here we go. We got a little enclave. Yeah. But, he would have missed the opportunity to influence the next four world leaders. Mm, right. His call was not um, the arts. His call was government. Right. But, but Daniel figured out, I want to meet his parents someday because they did something right raising him. Yeah. He figured out how far he could lean into culture without compromise. Yeah. To be used by God to influence the next four world rulers. Yeah. And artists need to figure out how far they can lean into culture without compromise. That's why I love my friend's T-shirt, everywhere in the world but not of it. Yeah. How far can I lean into culture without compromise so I can impact the arts, I can impact culture, and stay true to my God? And that's the discipleship factor. That, that it is. You talked about because yep. they can sniff that out and realize, okay, it's getting, it's getting too far. And it's the accountability factor, too. Oh, that's good. Having, you know, artists need to lead strongly accountable lives because mm. they're living on the edge they're living in creativity they're living in in serving in working in industries that can suck them up in a hurry yeah if they're not careful and i love this definition of accountability because um, accountability is kind of a four-letter word in the body of christ today mm. but accountability basically is the relational invitation given to another follower of jesus that enables me to be a man of my word and fulfill my calling. Hmm. And artists want to be people of their word and they want to fulfill their call. All of us ought to. And accountability plays a huge role in helping us do that. Yeah, and especially in the art world because there, there isn't... Look, I use the term gravitational pull. It's a very different pull mm-hmm. than in many other, other sectors of society. And before you know it, you can find yourself being a very different person mm-hmm. than you were when you gave your heart to Christ. Uh, I mean, that the lures are everywhere. They're in big business yeah. to, you know, steal and cut corners, and they're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think because of the passion and the emotion mm. of art, it can be so much more wholesale. And uh, and so I think that link, that link to artists, just that they're tethered. Mm-hmm. to someone in something that's holy mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that they're not getting too far out into the deep waters and they're out there alone. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, and pastors need to get this right. Mm-hmm. They need to get it right theologically. They need to get it right, right relationally. They need to get it right culturally. And then they need to bring their congregation along in that understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when, when my wife Becky and I first started dating, uh, she grew up in a very narrow-minded Pentecostal church yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. All right. Um, she was a senior in high school. I was in my second year in a frat house at Miami, Ohio. Right. So it was pretty. <laughs> there you go. We were coming from two very yeah. different worlds. We when, they brought Randy, when they brought Randy home. It was... <laughs> we came from <laughs> two very different worlds. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, she she joined her church at age 16. Mm. And uh, she got her membership card. She was all pr- with her name on it and pastor's signature on it. And, and you turn it over on the back, and instead of typically saying, we believe, we believe, we believe, 
her membership card said, we do not, we do not, yeah. we do not. And it, it, you were defined as a follower of Jesus by what you did not do. It's true. Instead of who you were in Christ and what Christ was calling you to do. And and so that Very was true. that was the that was a mindset. I remember I'm, I'm an art major, all right? Sure. In college. Uh, she's a delightful, God-loving young lady that I fell he- head over heels in love with. Yeah. Um, I take her to the Toledo Museum of Art, which is a phenomenal place, and it's yeah. got one of the best uh, impressionism exhibits in the country, which I impressionism is a great love of mine. Okay. And, and I'm showing, we're walking, and I'm just, I'm looking at Cezanne and Gauguin, and I'm, I'm looking at Van Gogh and Manet and Monet, and I'm just, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And she's like, skeptical mm. and she's she's walking up to this one painting by Manet which was phenomenal and she said look at this he didn't even bother finishing this mm. well she didn't understand the creative brush strokes of impressionism she was trained to appreciate art that looked like a photograph yeah like <laughs> okay paint, paint by number <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, it's yeah. just all scripted it is a, yeah. there's this impressionistic creativity with color and flair and brush strokes. I said, step back here a little bit. Come come to this part of the room. Now let's look at it. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, your eyes mixing the colors and all that. And look at the creativity. And I, I had to bring her along in imp- appreciating the artist. Yeah. Pastors need to bring their congregations along in appreciating the artist. Mm. But it starts with them appreciating the artist and their God-given callings as well and that was a very important moment in our relationship i think because we ended up raising four artists yeah she was mom to four creatives yeah and and she gets it she loves it she is a hard-nosed discipler <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she's, uh she's but a great she, lady she so loves the creativity she's seeing coming out of her kids now what's well, that's mm. a that's a pretty cool thing it but is. I, but yeah. as I had to bring her along and help her see and appreciate hmm. and value pastors, that's part of our role. I'll bring our congregations along to see, appreciate, and value people that are wired creatively. What would you say to an artist who feels like they just they feel so misunderstood in church and they just want to throw in the towel and say, you know what, I gave it a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, I still get the weird looks. Um, you know, I, I get asked the typical questions and that they're, they're kind of tempted to give up on, on the church. What, what would you say to them? Well, I, I would probably first say in all love, check your own heart first mm. to make sure you're not wearing this as a badge of honor. Mm. Because, you know, like when we said, when we pioneered our church, and we had this melting pot of cultures and artists and athletes. We said, not only if purpose doesn't unite us, preference will divide us. But for something like this to work, it takes a little bit of dying on everybody's part. Mm. And there's a little bit of dying that needs to go on to say, I'm called to be a part of a congregation. And I may not be understood by everybody, but that's okay. Everybody didn't understand my Lord and Savior Jesus either. <laughs> okay, right. He got the rejection. He got the misunderstanding from religious people and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I would say, you know, check your own heart first. Okay. I would say make sure you are rooted in a, a peer group that loves Jesus, that checks up on you on a regular basis. If you're not getting what you need from the local church, make sure you're getting it from someplace. Okay. Okay. Make sure you are in discipling relationships, mm. that you've got a Paul in your life, that you're looking up to and letting them speak into your life. You've got Barnabases that are on the same journey as you are. 
and you're walking side by side. You've got Timothys that you're taking what you're learning of God as an artist, you're passing it on to others. Mm. And you've even got that man from Macedonia that doesn't know God from a hole in the wall saying, come over and help me, mm. that you're reaching out to other artists in your world that don't know Jesus yet, but you get to be a light in the darkness. Exactly. And so I would say, you know, expect to be misunderstood. Don't yeah. wear it as a badge of honor. Good. But ask God for the grace to navigate that because you're called to be a part of a body of believers, an integral part. That's good. Surround yourself with a peer group, okay? Find ways to serve in the church that have nothing to do with the arts. Yeah, right. You know, um, yeah. you don't have to be on stage all the time. That's right. Take your turn in the nursery, you know? Yeah. Set up and tear down chairs. You know, be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Be a part of a small group in the community that's not necessarily a, a small group just for artists. You can have one of those too. Yeah. But learn to connect with people that aren't like you that exactly. are, you know, working nine to fives and they've got a tough go too. Yes. You're not the only one. Right. So, so um, I think there's, that's some of the things that immediately come to mind. Hmm. Is that, is that helpful? That's great. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I know right now uh, you are the founder and, and president of the Agora Group. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about that and what, what all is involved through that ministry? Yeah. Um, my wife and I, I could say we were totally blindsided by the Lord 11 years into our church plant where he sovereignly moved us out of pastoral ministries and moved us into full-time missions. And we've been pursuing creativity and, you know, basically, you know, we had, we had a passion for church, but we really had a passion for the next generation. Um, at one time, our, our growing congregation, the average age was 23 years old. Wow. So we were a young, energetic church on a lot of levels mm. and um we moved in we, we we set up an internship for a missions organization where over the next five years we had over 200 young adults anywhere from three months to three years of their life and we were discipling and training them and immersing them in the purposes of god all over the world which we loved and out of that came um uh, just a call to start our own missions organization mm. we started you know here i am in my early 50s in the middle of an economic downturn and god say and started a 501c3. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? You're like, God ain't watching the news, apparently. Yeah. Funny and, how he does that. And, but boy, he's been so faithful. And mm. we called it the Agora Group. Agora is a word I had sat on for a long time. Like, God, I really like this word, but I don't know where it's going to pop up. Obviously, we got an Agora Theater, you know. In, in Cleveland, we do, yeah. All that. Yeah, Had historic theater. That. Uh, the word Agora comes out of Acts 17, 17, where Paul, um, you know, and the whole Athens scene and all that. It says that Paul was daily in the marketplace. He was daily in the Agora. Mm. And there's something about me that has always said, I want to help the church be faithful in the marketplace. I want to help the church connect to the marketplace, the school, the college that we've had. You know, I, I look at students, I say, you get the rest of your life to figure out how to be a worship leader or a youth pastor or whatever. While you're with us, you're going you're gonna to learn to be comfortable and conversant in culture. So 10 to 12 hours a week, they were in the marketplace. They're tutoring immigrant kids. They're mm. befriending all the merchants at the West Side Market, getting on a first-name basis with them. Immersed in culture, after-school programs, and all that kind of stuff. So, so um, yeah, so, you know, Agora came from the whole sense of, um, of uh, connection in the marketplace, Paul in the marketplace. And I love that the, the, the verb tense means to literally redeem or buy back in the marketplace it's all about marketplace redemption mm. and so uh so that's where it came from so my wife and i uh we have led a college that has helped uh, students get their undergraduate degrees 
Uh, we've been a partner of a Christian university, uh, local partnership, and uh, we have um, helped them get their degrees while they've served the purposes of God from Cleveland to the nations and fell in love with God's work and heart for cities, fell in love with God's heart for nations, tribes, and tongues. Uh, so that's been a pretty cool ride for us. We we are involved with uh, reaching the tribes of Colombia from the Andes to the Amazon. Mm -hmm. God opened a door, and we coach uh, young Colombians who are called to the tribes, and we train indigenous church planters among those tribes. Nice. Uh, we are now connected with businesses' mission initiatives in Southeast Asia, whether they're uh, conversational covert Christian coffee houses in communist nations or school initiatives that are discipling 150 kids a day tribal kids uh, and, and just showing the love of Jesus to them. So we love uh, creative ways to do ministry and creative expressions of ministry. That's moved into a missions focus for us now. And uh, so that, that's become a big part of what we do. Uh, my Years ago, I was led in an exercise to kind of write my, um, I don't know what you call it, my own little tagline, I guess, or mm -hmm. something like that. And... Um, it was, what I came up with was to personally demonstrate and relevantly communicate the kingdom of God. Okay. That's a good mission. And uh, that played out in our church with Memorial Day parades. We put this amazing worship team made up of the nations of the world on the back of a flatbed truck. Mm -hmm. And we would go right down the streets of our city, just mm -hmm. kind of this high praises of God, energetic and and. Jewish guys with yarmulkes and black people were dancing in the streets together as our thing went by and we'd have 100 people from our church passing out candy and loving on people and all that. That I used to say, I wish our church had walls of glass because I'd love it for people to see what's happening in this place. Mm. But that wasn't happening, so we decided to find every way possible we could take the church to them. That's good. But where do people go to find out more information or, or to donate? The agoragroup.org uh, is our website. Um, we're, we are launching into a new phase. I'm pretty excited about this, but uh, we are opening up new doors to begin to reach back into middle school and high school kids uh, with some creative and missional uh, lifestyle opportunities. That's cool. And uh, so our, our, our website is seriously under construction right now, but there's a place there that tells a little bit about us in the college we've been running and how to donate if people want to. God's been so faithful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Randy, I want to thank you for your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us on the Madcast. Hey, I, I, I love this. Yeah. I do hope you have enjoyed this uh, two-part interview with Randy Young. Uh, I hope you're encouraged and really see once again that this can happen. The art world and the church world can coexist. It doesn't have to be an either or. And I want to thank Randy for his time and his expertise in bringing that to us. I want to thank you for being a part of the Madcast today. Be sure to share this with a friend. We would love to expand our Madcast family. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information about our books and resources, you can go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.